Shalom, and welcome to Torah to the People, a podcast from Temple Israel in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm Rabbi Micah Greenstein. We hope you enjoy this selection of our sermons, classes, and conversations with inspiring people from across the Bluff City and around the world. Judaism may be at her best when it comes to the senses. I was with our early learning center. I'm looking at our legendary educator, Barbara Mansberg, and all of you teachers get this better than I do about little children. Sensory Judaism, right? Well, guess what this week's Torah portion is named? Ha'azinu, which means literally give ear, listen. And it complements the portion of a few weeks ago entitled Re'e, see, look. So in today's one chapter poem, at the end of the five books of Moses, Deuteronomy 32, in which Moses calls upon heaven and earth to give ear, to listen to words of praise. Ha'azinu, give ear, it means more than listen. It means to really hear. The person who goes to a concert with his mind on business, listens, but does not really hear. The parent who hears a child call out mom, but doesn't hear the urgency behind that cry, listens, but does not really hear. The tennis player who's on the court physically, but whose mind is somewhere else, listens about showing up, but doesn't hear what he or she is really supposed to do. With Rabbi Rubenstein here tonight, I'm reminded of our friend, uh, David Wolpe, a uh, mutual friend in LA, um, who was accused of being absent-minded, but as David says, quoting the great poet, I'm not absent-minded, I'm present-minded somewhere else. (laughs) But if you think about as important as eyes are, in Judaism, vision is as much about the ears as it is about the eyes, right? Think of the watchword of our faith we sang with Emily. We don't say, look, Israel, (laughs) We say Shema, we say listen, hear, understand that God is one. So hearing then is not the same as listening. Hearing is deeper. It means remembering by hearing with our minds and our hearts and not only with our ears. It means closing your eyes, which is the best way to pray because sometimes you can see better with your eyes closed. It means 
remembering by hearing with our minds and hearts and closing your eyes and hearing the miracle of a child's growth through the years by hearing what's behind that same voice. So these are the high holy days. They're not over with Yom Kippur. As you know, that's why the Torah covers are still white until the end of Shemini Atzeret Simchat Torah, a week from Monday. These are the days when our tradition says that God hears us. God remembers us no matter what. Now, of course, God hears us every day, but we, ju- we emphasize it throughout the circle of life from early childhood to the end of life and in every stage in between. We must strive leheazen, to give ear to those around us through the mitzvahs we do, through the love we give, through our appreciation for every age and stage life's Life brings despite life's insecurity and fragility, which brings us to 48 hours from now. Yes, there is a link, even if indirect, between the November holiday of Thanksgiving and Sukkot. But an important theme of Sukkot is insecurity (laughs) and fragility which is why the sukkah is a structure that's deliberately built not to last. A sukkah is a symbol of insecurity and uncertainty and the fragility of our lives. Yes, the other theme is joy, and um, that's important because despite the fragile nature of our lives, we're supposed to give thanks for what we have, even if it's just food and shelter, sukkot, is known in our tradition <clears throat> as Hechag. Now, I've given you a sheet that will tell you the different names for Sukkot, Chag HaAsif, Zman Simchatenu. But the question is, okay, if this holiday is synonymous with joy, how can anyone reconcile a time of insecurity which is what the sukkah is, with the time for rejoicing, right? Religion is serious business, concentrates on matters of life and death. It emphasizes and proclaims moral guidelines, theological concepts, hopefully some moments of spiritual inspiration. And Judaism emphasizes this aspect of religion, of course. Judaism can be very cerebral and very serious, but not all the time. Judaism is also a celebration of life in its many moods. And so the way it seems our tradition resolves this conflict between our insecurity and our rejoicing is this big idea. Only because life is limited and uncertain do we find an incentive for rejoicing as much as we can in this lifetime. That's why we have bar and bat mitzvah. That's why a couple will be married on this bima tomorrow night. But start with children. For the rest of the world, a child turns 13. Big deal. Welcome to adolescence, the wonder years. What's the hallmark of adolescence? Ambivalence. Judaism comes along and says, don't let it be just that. Make it a rite of passage. Make it a positive experience that will impact on the self-esteem and entire Jewish 
identity, not just for that teenager, but for her or his family. Yeah, thinking about the bar and bat mitzvahs this month, I'm reminded that it's, it's a big deal, especially for parents. It's the teenage years when parents realize, if you've ever been a parent, that you give birth twice. First, you give birth to an infant. 13 years later, you give birth to an adolescent. Actually, I gave birth three times during COVID when my 28-year-old son moved home. And he said, I'm living in the basement even though we don't have a basement. <laughs> we don't live forever. And each stage of life is full of new challenges, ups and downs, which is precisely why we have to make the most of the happy times and rejoice, even given the fragility. And of course, we call this holiday harvest time. When we look at the harvest of our lives, looking ahead to all we can make happen in however much more life we have, but also what we have managed to achieve and been blessed with, the families, the children, the relatives, what we've managed, all, it makes it all the more sweet in the face of all the doubt and adversity each of us has had to face and overcome in different measure. So my main point tonight is that rejoicing and uncertainty are not only the twin themes of this season and this holiday. They're also the inevitable components of every significant experience we can remember. The first day in a new community or a new job is inevitably a time of rejoicing and it's also a reminder of uncertainty. A wedding between loved ones like tomorrow night or last Saturday, it's clearly the joy of a lifetime. It's also a moment of apprehension, of wondering and hoping, looking forward and hoping. Every life that is ever lived is punctuated with uncertainty and insecurity, just like the sukkah behind that wall that sways with the slightest breeze but it is precisely that instability out of which we forge a zest and zeal for living that makes all of our days so very rich and sweet. So may it be for all of you, for me and for all of us, and for everyone we love. And let us say, amen.